Welcome to the Needham Saymore podcast. This week, I'm Aaron Pressman. And I am Doug Fox. Thanks so much for joining us. And so uh, the topic this week is, seems like a revisited topic, but it is actually not. And that is, what should be done with the Emory Grover building in Needham Center, which is a historical building that currently houses the Needham Public Schools Administration, like the superintendent's office and all that. Um, it's quite an old building and a decrepit building, and it needs some work. Uh, Doug, you want to go through a little of the history of the Emory Grover building? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a beautiful building. It's it's 123 years old, and it was built in 1897, and it was the first high school ever in the town of Needham. Um, it is an Italian Renaissance revival-styled building. It has these beautiful... Uh, big windows and arched entrances. Um, it was the high school until 1923 when it became the junior high. And then in 1929, it became the elementary school. It has been in the National Register of Historic uh, Buildings since 1987. Um, and I'm not sure how long the school admin has been in there. I know at one point we looked at that as maybe a senior center. I want to say like 11, 12 years ago. So it's always been something that's been looked at, but it is in rough shape. It was never meant to be an office building. It was meant to be like this open space school building. And it's a can, like a lot of things in this town that kept getting kicked down the road and, and, and really is in, in, in a tough state of repair. It's interesting to think about. So in 1897, as you said, it was built as the high school and the two arched entrances on each side uh, one was the boys' entrance and one was the girls' entrance. Oh, that's the mixing that's before awesome. school. <laughs> yeah. um, so the school administration, which has a lot of important functions, like that's where you get the bus, that's where you pay for anything you need to pay for, that's where the HR department that hires all teachers and other workers uh, is is based. So it's a lot of important functions. Um, the old building has been getting worse and worse. This is we we recently had a report done, sort of to to figure out some options for it. This is what the report concluded about what was wrong with the building. Noted deficiencies across the life of the building that continue to be of concern range from early wiring, sagging stairs, a structurally condemned attic, to most recently in 2002, the near collapse of the east portico. Adding to the building's deficiencies, it has remained inaccessible and non-compliant to ADA and MAAB standards, non-compliant to current life safety codes, and non-compliant to current energy, plumbing, electrical, and mechanical codes. So there is a lot wrong in there. And if you have ever been in there, you will see there are leaks. There are times when windows have to be boarded up. There are times when the boiler failed and people had to use portable heaters. Luckily, that was during COVID. So the building itself is in very rough shape um, and, and house, not, yeah, houses important offices. Yeah. And it's not just a building that like is just offices. It's the building that the public has to go into to do stuff, to do transactions. So, I mean, all of that, like if, uh, if I mean, just to tell you one terrible story about that, the building, you have to use uh, stairs to get in the building. It's not ADA compliant. And we had a woman who needed to sign up for the bus for her kids who was new in town. And we had to arrange to have someone carry her wheelchair uh, upstairs into the building. And that's just not right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's just across the board. Cause that, uh, you know, I know one of the, one of the discussions with the finance committee, like they taught, you know, so why, why can't, you know, why can't more people be working remote? And the issue is that, this is, you know, the school administration serves the public. So the public is, 
you know, I, I've been in there probably two dozen times for different things. And I'm sure people probably have been in there a lot more that you have to for certain things when your kids are in school. And um, so hence it needs to be accessible, you know, to, to everyone, anyone who would have a student in need of. Right. All right. So we've, as you mentioned, we've studied many times what to do with it. One idea was maybe turn it into the senior center. So this most recent study was to sort of update all the studies and the prices of different options. And I believe they studied six different options in this study for what to do with school administration. Three of them were to renovate or replace this building. Uh, Really, two of them was to renovate or renovate the building, and one was to tear it down and replace it. Uh, and then there were a couple of other options. One is there's another former school building around the corner called the Stephen Palmer Building, which will revert to the town possibly when its lease is up in, I think, 2027, a few right more on, years. It's right on Greensfield, and that used to be the old senior center before we built yeah. the new building. The basement of it. Um, a lot yeah, of people voted, voted in there too previously. In the basement. Um, and then another idea was to have school administration at the old Hillside School that was examined. And then the final examination option was uh, should we just rent office space somewhere in town and not uh, use a town building or build a new building? So all of those options were in the mix. There's a report. We'll put a link to the report in the show notes. I don't know, Doug, do you have any? Do you want me to say what the school committee voted for, or yeah, absolutely. Any preliminary yeah, no, thoughts? I, so, I know the three. The three final were the the the, uh, the PPBC. What is it? The Permanent Public Building Com- Commission eliminated yeah. the other three that were going to be in other locations because of cost and other reasons. And I think they they also I think they they're, they kind of lean towards hoping to keep the Gro- the the Grover Building as well in in, in some capacity. Um, so that led to three, the three options you said first, which was one to build at that site, but demolish it. And then other two were variations of renovating, putting additions on the current Grover building in that spot. Right. And to tear it down, you couldn't just tear it down. I mean, you would have to go through various um, historical bodies to undo the uh, designation. So that's not even necessarily one you could do. But the cheapest option of all was to sort of tear it down and rebuild it in a very similar orientation to where it is now. Uh, the second that was estimated at $25.9 million, all the costs included and projected forward a little bit. Uh, the second most expensive was to tear it down and to build a brand new building. That was about $26.2 million, still pretty darn close. And then the most expensive option of all was to renovate it and twist it around slightly so that you would have uh, a better layout with more interior light, where you wouldn't have a lot of this sort of dungeon-esque uh, interior rooms that, that old office buildings had. That option was $27.1 million. So all three of those options that were presented to the school committee were fairly close in these estimated costs, $25.9 million, $26.1 million, $27.1 million. And ultimately, what uh, the superintendent favored, what the architects favored, and what the school committee voted for was option three to renovate it and keep that facade, but sort of rotate the interior so that the interior workspace is more workable. And I think the the feeling from everybody was that, yes, it was slightly more expensive. Um, you know, you're talking about less than 5% more expensive, but it provided a much uh, superior workplace and office for, you know, the next 100 years in the future. So that was what was that was what was voted for, and, and I would I, I would have hated option one, which was demolishing that building. And I know they looked if the school admin were to move somewhere else, like would 
developers be interested in that and they thought the developers the cost was going to be too high so i i'd love to keep the building because of the history and because it's such a beautiful building additionally a, a side benefit of either one of those options of keeping the grover building is it, it should be eligible for some cpf funding um to hopefully the take community a preservation out yeah. yeah um that they estimated up to 12 million but obviously that's still needs to be sorted out. But that, that is helpful where if they demolished and totally built a new building, it would not be eligible for any of that at all. Right. One of the, some of the other options, uh, like renting space or moving to another place, they considered what could they sell this building and what would it be worth? And the issue is that the building as it is, is really not conducive to like putting condos in or anything like that. And tearing it down involves this risk that the historical bodies wouldn't allow it and that might cause delays and stuff. So actually, in some of the scenarios, the estimated value of selling this building is negative. In other words, the town would have to pay someone to take it off their hands. Uh, so that's not, you know, that's not a great spot to be in uh, when, when you're trying to plan what to do with town assets, that we'd have to pay someone to take it off our hands. And again, as you say, demolishing it would be kind of a sad fate for a 123-year-old building that's had important functions and has some really important, some uh, really lovely architectural details, uh, you know, that we would hope to keep. And to so, me, as long as the numbers are close, like if you had shown me that building a completely new building there or somewhere else was going to be like 10 million less than keeping the Grover building, that would be a harder discussion. But the fact that they're close to me... I would lean towards keeping the building. I I did find it interesting, you know, the the, the idea of moving the school admin to com- you know to commercial space, and you know, like the, I think it's a common thing people bring up on Facebook where everyone is experts um, about how much empty commercial space there is. But at what was estimated as forty to forty five dollars a square foot, um, you're talking somewhere between one point two and one point four million a year just in rent. Plus, you're going to pay broker fees, and you have to build that out as well. So, how many years would that take to you know to to work out of that type of benefit? So, that's a short term that would cost the town way more money in the long run if we were to go that route. Well, in addition to being presented to the school committee, this was also presented to the finance committee, uh, the town moderators appointed finance committee, which reviews the budget and approves the budget every year. And they, they had a lot of questions, and they haven't, I don't think they voted on the project. I'm pretty sure they have not voted on the project yet, uh, you know, for even just for planning funds for this upcoming town meeting. And it seemed like a lot of their questions revolved around the study and estimated costs of rental. And part of their question was that, uh, you know, we had the firm that's really an architecture and building firm uh, do this study, and they're estimating the rents. Some people don't believe those numbers or question those numbers. They didn't, they aren't people who, you know, had done research to find their own numbers, but they had questions about the numbers that were provided. Another, uh, I think, important piece of it, as you, as we've been talking about is this is a really important building that people have to go to. Um, So the idea of putting it way over on the other side of 128 uh, in the, in the office park where there might be some office space available is a big inconvenience, I think, for people in town. And also, a lot of the people who work in that building, such as the superintendent and others, have to uh, sometimes work in that building, but also sometimes go around to all the schools. And one big benefit of the current location is it's it's in the center of town. It's very central. You can walk to the high school in five minutes. Uh, you can get to all the other schools 
most of the other schools fairly quickly. Whereas if you put it over on the other side of 128, you're adding you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes to the travel time for every trip that superintendent or someone else takes to go visit one of the schools. And the finance committee was also pushing on the idea of whether this should be restudied again to see whether they need that much office space because of whether a percentage of the people could work remotely. Um, and I, and, and I, I, I totally get that, that, that there are definitely some roles that people have to go in to transact, but my guess is there's probably some that don't, or could that be reimagined for a scenario where people aren't in the office every day in some of the more administrative roles? I mean, that, that's a, that's a fair discussion from the finance committee that was looking at this number, the exact same meeting they were looking at the other master plan for schools that they that they had not yet fully digested yet. So, I mean, there's a it's a lot of building all at once, even though this building's probably in the worst shape of even 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 worse than Mitchell of all the schools. But oh, definitely worse than Mitchell. I mean, Mitchell has had various fixes and little additions and and the trailers put out there and stuff. Yeah, this has so, so this has had almost nothing. Yeah. But they're they're still looking, you know, can we afford to do all these things and if we can't, you know, so that's a so the finance committee is is pushing as we'd want them to on 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 ways of is there other ways we could think of this. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, knowing and uh who who's in there and everything, I would push back a little. It doesn't seem like, you know, as we rethink more broadly, even not just in the school administration, but all over, you know, what jobs are, can be done remotely. An awful lot of the jobs that are done in that administration building involve collaborating from department to department. Uh, you know, there's a couple of people who do the finances, but most, a lot of what they're doing during the day is talking to the different departments about what their financial needs are, or dealing with different vendors who are coming in, or attending different meetings to explain the financial piece of any particular policy issue or question. So it just seems to me, there's. I, I don't think in the end you're going to get a lot of that staff working remotely. You know, the HR staff, they're a small group of people who are working together on uh, in interviewing people, interviewing candidates, uh, going to schools to take care of any problems that come up. Again, it's not, there's not a lot of obvious people sort of sitting around in the school administration building just, you know, working on documents all day or doing something where they're not mostly collaborating or leaving the building to go attend meetings and, and visit schools and, and work with kids and parents and stuff. So not sure that's, I mean, you know, it's, I guess it's a, something that the superintendent and some other people on the staff will uh, take a hard look at. And I'm sure we'll provide a memo back to the finance committee to report on that question. But I don't think we have the opportunity for a lot of savings necessarily by uh, find, discovering that a lot of people in that building could actually work at home. Because all the reasons you gave, I mean, those are those are departments in businesses too, that yes, they do collaborate and work across all the different units, but businesses are rethinking that now too, of how they want to use their space and how those roles can be. And, you know, I think, I think, um, I think all of us will look forward to when we can be back in the office again. But I think a lot of us also question, do we need to be there five days a week for those, you know, for, for how we do our roles? So I, I get anyone that is face to face with people coming in every day to do transactions, almost like town hall, like with the clerk's office and the treasurer's office, like that stuff has to be someplace that's accessible. But in my experience in businesses, there's back office stuff that 
could just as easily be remote or be in person for their collaborations a couple of days a week rather than all five. And that's a, I think it's just, I hope it's something they study and it may end up where we end up already, but it's worth studying just because I I just know that that how we work is, is, is going through a lot of rapid transformation right now. Um, All right. So the next step is that, uh, you know, I think the financing needs to be sort of figured out with what the general town's um, funding capabilities are. I don't think no one is talking about doing an override for this building, which would require raising taxes specifically to fund this construction project. No one is talking about that. As you mentioned, the Community Preservation Act funds, which can be used for a historical preservation project, are definitely in play here and could provide a a substantial amount of the cost. And then it's likely that the rest of the cost would be borne by the town in its sort of traditional, within the levy, it's called, the budget that's available without any uh, special tax increase and the borrowing authority and and current tax resources of the town. And, and is the plan at the Springtown meeting for us to vote on design funds? I think I saw that in one of, I, I just didn't know whether that's on the warrant right now. It looked like like 1.4 million for design funds in this warrant. And then also potentially zoning bylaws to for, uh, for the larger floor area ratio that would be required. Is that so? Yeah. So those, I mean, those things, if, if option three is going to move forward, if it's decided by the larger uh, town bodies or so, you know, the other town bodies that that option three is going to move forward, there is a hope to do this spring to put on town meeting this spring, those funds and those changes. Um, I don't think as of right now that the select board or the finance committee has weighed in yet. Um, I think, you know, as we said, there's some other information and sort of a relook at <clears throat> the size of it and stuff that are being considered. So there's a possibility that it could be uh, delayed till fall town meeting or even further if, you know, questions can't be answered to the satisfaction of the finance committee and the select board. I think it's it's the superintendent's hope, you know, as, as the person who he's, you know, lived in that and worked in that building for a dozen years or more. I think Dan Gutekanst is really hoping that uh, this moves forward as quickly as possible, uh, but it hasn't been uh, fully determined by all the groups that need to sign off to put it on the uh, warrant. And there will it could be on the warrant with just the select board if the finance committee was opposed to it, and then you'd have yeah. it before town meeting. That's never the preferred, never the preferred way to go about things, though. And and when this had been discussed at town meeting previously, and at that time, I think it was more just planning fees. There was a lot of people with different angles on it. There was the people that wanted to save the building. There were people that were worried about the cost. And then there were the people that said, you know, why don't they just rent office space? So it's an interesting dynamic at town meeting that I I really just don't know which way the vote would go, especially if it were split, right? If you talk about those ones where the select board supports it, if the finance didn't, you know, that'd be an interesting thing in front of town meeting. But I also wanted to bring up that, there's, there's just an issue of how long this building is going to be viable too. <laughs> that that I, I saw in some of the discussions, they were talking about, well, what if we delay this? And then, you know, when we do some of the other school building, when High Rock becomes available, like what would that, you know, would that be possible? And the, the feeling was that uh, the, this would, the Grover building would not still be around in 2026 or 2027 when, uh, when the High Rock would become available as a building for potential admin. 
Right. Well, and I mean, I think among other things, I think the school master plan, which we discussed on, on a couple of episodes ago, you know, which has like price tags in the 250 million to over 300 million in order for something to be available by 2027. I, I would just be very surprised if uh, that happened in that time yeah. window. And to plan for this building, which is sort of, you know, almost falling down as we speak, to make that dependent on the outcome of that very much more complicated discussion, you know, you're sort of like then you're putting a straightforward project on hold while you decide about a much, much more complicated and larger project. That would be a tricky way to go. Uh, It seems like, I think, hopefully what will happen in this situation is because resources are available, once the questions are answered about sort of what is the right size of this design, I think this project will likely be able to go forward probably before the decision is made about how to do those much bigger projects, which is just a really, really tough nut to crack at this yeah. point. Yeah. And that discussion, you know, I, I know you shared the minutes of the finance committee. They were talking about both and they had a lot more questions on the master plan. <laughs> that was taking up a lot more of their time because of the big dollars amount, you know, even though, you know, I know we talked about that another on, in another episode, but that, you know, even though that is the looked like a really smart plan, it's still just a big number. And, and how do we add that number to these other numbers? <laughs> and so they're, they're trying to sort all that out. Um, so, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what we end up if we end up with any of this in front of us in town meeting uh, this this spring. So, well, we shall we shall see. We shall see. Um, I think that's all we can say though about the Emory Grover building. We we are, have our fingers crossed that it that it hangs in there until uh, the town comes up with a solution. Yeah, and if you haven't seen it, I mean, you can you can Google the Emory Grover. It actually has its own Wikipedia page. Uh, that you can see it's a beautiful building. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's right now, right next to St. Joe's kind of in between St. Joe's and like, you know, like the Bertucci's parking lot, uh, beautiful building with this kind of round driveway. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a great building. It's worth saving. Um, if we can do it in a smart financial way. So I hope we work it out. Um, me too. <laughs> Definitely hope we work it out. And All it, right, so Aaron always says we never solve the problems. We just, you know, give you more detail on what's going on. And I hope we've uh, helped fill in some gaps on what's going on with the school admin building and the different options ahead. Um, and we expect to have more episodes coming up on other topics of interest. Plenty more to talk about. Plenty more to talk about. All right, for this week, this is the Needham Say More podcast. I'm Aaron Pressman. I am Doug Fox. Thanks so much for joining us.